Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And this week's episode is sponsored by Brown Lab Media. Brown Lab Media is a creative community helping to promote and create original content, personal brands, businesses, or anything media-related by people of color. The website is www.brownlabmedia.com. So if you have a chance, feel free and check them out. And this week's episode is about... <laughs> this week we interview one of our friends that we've known for half of our lives. Her name is Nicole. We met her when we went to go meet our birth families for the first time in Peru. So she's also an adoptee. We kind of dive into where she's at now and go back to when the first time she found out that she was adopted. Mm -hmm. And this episode will begin in three, two... <laughs> what? I'm going opposite? <laughs> Action. Right in. Oh, you have the super shirt on. Hell yeah, represents. Nice. I was like, I got life. I thought I recognized <laughs> that shirt. You better. <laughs> I, I represent. I wear it. To, I wear it to work. I wear it everywhere. Oh, nice. And I love how your eyeshadow matches it too. The green. Yeah. Yeah, we're all <laughs> matching green, green, black. No, we're all good. That's true. Yeah. I guess let's start from the beginning. I have a question for you. Do you remember the first time that you kind of realized you were adopted? Or maybe it was one time? I've, I've actually, in a way, always known, actually. Uh, my, my mom, I remember this specific book. Uh, oh, shoot, I know I forgot the number of name. Uh, are you my mommy? I think that's what it's called. It's by like this, uh, like, oh, this little bird that goes like, oh, are you my mommy? Are you my mommy? Even though like there's different kinds of like animal species, just because you're a different species doesn't mean I can't be your mom. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of my favorite books that my mom got. And she always told me that I was loved and uh, they always had a birth picture of my birth mom. Mm -hmm. So I always had that with me, even though I didn't know quite her name, I had a hint of it. And I believe I also had a picture at that time, my birth certificate actually, because they kept a picture of that. So I actually always had that with me, but that's as most as I had because there was a communication, obviously a language barrier. So... Uh -huh. So, so you kind of always knew there wasn't kind of like a moment where they had to sit you down and tell you or explain anything to you? No, not really. Because, Like I said, my family kept it pretty open, went to heritage camps, plenty of them <laughs> since I was younger. So I was very active in that um, probably until my teens. And then I stopped going for some reason. And so I just always knew. And then as the brain develops, when your memory forms like around five or four, that's when my brother was born. I'm not born, well, arrived. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost forgot that Joey um, adopted too. Yep. He's from Guatemala. Yeah, he's from Guatemala. So he arrived. So me and him both understood each other in a way. I mean, we both had different, like, experiences and journeys but at least we did have each other where I could sometimes talk to him about that and he could sometimes talk to me about it do you remember a time like before Joey compared to after Joey in terms of the how you felt 
I guess, about being adopted or, or where he stood and where your family stood on that, like as in a, during this young age? Joey keeps me grounded. Okay. Completely keeps me grounded, especially like whenever I had uh, not it, not issues, but whenever I talk to my birth family or if I have like something to talk about, he is a very logical, blunt person and he helps me through a lot which actually reminds me um he helped me a lot today because ironically i talked to my birth mom she called me randomly and for the first time i had the guts to ask her with the name of my birth dad and at the time when like over 10 years ago she would not say my siblings, my birth siblings were like at her, not, not like a little aggressively being like, Hey, she deserves to know she's here. You don't know when you're going to see her again. She deserves to know. So my birth family was there trying to get the answer. My translator and lawyer were trying to get the answer. Nothing. My birth mom would not say anything. But finally today I asked her before we were like about to like say our goodbyes. I'm like, wait, in case I don't talk, like talk to you again or anything, I don't know when the next time we'll see you. Who is my birth dad? What is his name? And she said the not the full name, first and last, but I want the middle name. But she said that, and she said that he he passed away. Mm-hmm. I don't know when, but I think that's part of the reason why she did finally tell me the name or maybe she was just ready now because I was not a kid. There could be endless reasons. But again, I went to to Joey because he's adopted and he helped me ground me like, oh, why did you ask this and ask me those questions, like the core question Mm -hmm. and helped me through a lot. He's a good brother. (laughs) When's the last time you talked to your mom? My birth mom, we talk maybe months. We don't really keep in contact that much because either I'm working or they have to go to my my birth sisters to use their phone because of internet cafes and everything. Because, um, oh, well, I'm from Trujillo, Peru, so... (laughs) That's and she's in like those regular generic clay huts in a way with the metal on top. She's happy, but does she live alone? She lives with my birth sister along with her. I believe she has three boys right now, and yeah, lives with them. That's awesome. That's awesome that she called you today of like all days of this interview. I know when she when I got the phone call and I saw it I was like oh, this is fate <laughs> okay let's let's see how this goes and this language barrier I'm gonna work on it I'm gonna try and learn more Spanish my residents helped me but I'm trying yeah I feel like I feel like that's a constant theme with like adoptees especially from a you know being adopted from a country that doesn't speak English it's hard to uh to form and, and form a connection and keep a connection you know, when you don't speak the same language. And to ask these deep questions too, you know, how did you feel after she told you his name? I was 
a little mad at first because again, she didn't say it while he was alive, but also it had really no consistent change to me because I'm still me. I, it's just another info of my book. Um, maybe one day if I feel like up to it, I'll see if he had any other children or family and everything because I, being in the medical field, I want to know that medical stuff, especially from what, what I've been through. So that's the main reason why. But again, uh, Joey helped me realize that, you know, it's just another info that I felt confident enough that I could ask it myself. Whereas before, I don't think I was confident enough because I always think of other people's feelings before mine. And even though it has no effect to me, like, oh, like if you say the name or not, it, it doesn't affect either way, but it does to me. You haven't talked to her for a while. Was there um, a reason why she contacted you? Or did she just want to say hi? No, she, she, they usually contact me out of random and just to say hi. Um, usually, actually, surprisingly, my nieces or nephews are there because they're more high tech. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they actually use the Google Translate oh. and they would just laugh. And I'm like, good, you guys are learning how to use that. That helps me so much. <laughs> And but this time we didn't have that, so we used like the same kind of generic words like salud, health, cuidate, like careful, and just be safe, and just checking that everybody in the family is safe during this pandemic. And I reassured her that we're still safe, even though I work at a senior living facility. Knock on wood, which I'm not gonna, that. We have been, my facility has been doing very, very successfully. Oh, that's awesome to hear. So, so curious, um, I know that you uh, obviously were talking to your mom. Um, do you have any other brothers or sisters in Peru? I have one birth brother and four birth sisters. Wow. Are they all older or younger? Or? Younger. I am the baby. There's like the second youngest is probably a 20 year difference oh. over 20 year difference so wow i want to say my birth mom she's in her 70s maybe close to early 80s mm. so that's kind of why i do want to talk to her as much as i can because i don't know how much longer i'm going to have with her yeah. um, and i rather ask the questions now then not have anything answered. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, time flies and we're like mm -hmm. you blink and you know you're you're not in high school, you're you're not in college, you know, you're 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 almost 30. You know, it's pretty uh baffling to me at times and it all relates, right? Because it's like you start to think about those things, about like, you know, family members and people who are in your life who, you know, aren't always gonna be in your life. And it's important to ask the right, like the questions that you want to ask before you'll never be able to have another opportunity. So it's right. nice thinking like that and asking those questions that need to be asked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of like on my list to do is to go to 
Peru because I have actually saved up enough money to where I could actually probably go back after this pandemic is all over and hopefully see them or stay with them. My first sister welcomed me to her home before. Well, I haven't been there or lived there, but they offered me to stay there. Hmm. So I'd like to try that. That'd be awesome. A lot of taking your phone and like going back and forth with Google Translate. When, yeah. when they called today, was it like a FaceTime kind of call or was it just on the phone? It was just on the phone. Usually it's a FaceTime call. I actually turned on my video, but she must have been working an older phone or something because they could not put on the video. Or Like I said, normally my nieces and nephews help out, so I was surprised they weren't there. Mm-hmm. It was mainly, I think it was just her and my one sister. Okay. So, so like, curious, like taking it, maybe taking a little bit back, um, how was... How's your adolescence in terms of that uh, fact of, you know, you're being adopted compared to like where you were living and, and your, the, the society around you, like your friends and, and your school, like how, how did that all intertwine? Uh, childhood specifically, I was a bit picked on for being adopted um, because I wasn't uh, brown enough, white enough, just not even in between. I think even as a kid, I think I faked speaking Spanish one time. <laughs> just just, just so like they would get off my back. <laughs> and um, adolescence, it was harder because I had a lot of health issues. Mm-hmm. A lot of health issues. And because there was no family history at the time. And from what we knew after we met them when I think, I think we were, there, we were, I was 13 at the time. When we, when I finally met them, they said that they were basically healthy. Mm. So, but somehow so I was a very unhealthy one. Before you met them, you were having health issues too. And then when you went down there, you would ask them? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a bit, yeah, because that was one of the main generic things even my parents wanted to know. They're like, hey, is there anything that we do need to know, like anything big that runs in the family? But they couldn't think of anything. Mm, That's interesting. Like definitely, um, I feel like uh, health and and not knowing your, your family history is becoming a recurring theme. Yeah. And it's something I never really think about until um recently it was just kind of like brought up to my attention i'm just like wow like how 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 blind am i you know going through life you know having no knowledge of you know like you um any of my family uh, medical family history so it's just it's i just, feel like it's been good for you because you've been really healthy for the most part yeah like <laughs> there you go there you go knock knock on, knock on wood. yeah yeah it's actually funny I, I was actually talking to you about that and i was just Saying like, yo, I don't know, I don't know how much, because I was vegan for like a year, and I, in my mentality, I might not be related at all, but I'm just kind of like, maybe this like bought me like three extra like good quality years of my life. I don't know, but because I haven't been and I have been eaten so bad, kind of, um, kind of like you know, when when is this gonna run out? Like, when am I gonna? If that's even a thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely something that I think about, and I'm thinking about more as um currently about like medical medical stuff yeah we were um we were talking to phil last week and it was just really funny because he brought up such a good point about us kind of being like 
not patient one or patient zero is not the right word, is it? Yeah, it's like you're the first person in your whole family lineage, your family mm-hmm. bloodline that's in a new environment in you know America. Mm-hmm. Before that, you and your your families and generations and generations before you guys have been in the same environment. You guys have been eating the same kind of foods. So it's like I, I can only help but think the the relatability of those uh, two contrasting. Uh, areas and how much it affects you as an individual mm-hmm. so it re- it really really did because it actually could have answered like a lot of questions because even like with one of my illnesses I could be specific with was like my blood disorder mm-hmm. I have a blood disorder where um I just don't it, it just doesn't clot properly properly or something like that if that's the best way to describe it mm-hmm. but if I've known it earlier i could have prevented getting blood clots in my lungs wow yeah i mean thank thank goodness that nothing happened and we caught it in time for me to go to the er and i'm still here but it would have been definitely beneficial to know that you know what i do have this blood disorder because what if i got a tattoo when i when i wanted to add i wanted to get one like between 16 and 18 but then all of a sudden I learned at 19, I got this blood disorder and they're like, no, it is way too dangerous. Uh, I've, I, that's, that's wild. That's really wild to, uh, to think about, you know, what, what are the odds, right? Um, you know, not, not even knowing that potential danger and for whatever reason you didn't, you didn't get it. So that's just uh and how much of it is like your environment how much is because i think mm-hmm. about that too um have you gotten your genetics tested like any of your genes tested i don't think so i don't know if my parents did that when i was a baby because my parents said that they basically did obviously take me to a doctor right away yeah. just to get me checked out but i don't know if they really did genetic tests specifically yeah, it's just interesting because I remember when I came back um, from Peru and I still have like a kind of like um like a birthmark, but I had these all over my body when I came back to the United States. And I'm just, it's it's interesting to think maybe was I allergic to something or something in the air or I have no idea mm-hmm. just from, you know, changing environments. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That, that I'd be, did your mom ever say that if it was like, did she notice it when you were in Peru compared to when you were not in Peru? She didn't say if it was in Peru or not, but I know that I think it happened when I was a little bit older. I was still a baby, but a little bit older just because um, she said she had to take me back to the doctor just to to make sure like, hey, guys, this is this isn't bruises. These are just marks. These are just all over her body and we don't really know what it is. And there was a name for it. I forgot what it was. But yeah, I don't know. I don't none of my family members there have it. Wow, that's I wonder, is it coincidence or is there something more to it? Yeah, I mean, now that we're talking about health and things, too, just thinking of, like, ha- you know, me getting sick when I was younger, too, and just, it, what, what was that? Was it, um, you know, something that I was eating in America? Is it just the environment? Was I next to something too long? I have no idea. Right. Because, I mean, that's how I felt, like, as an adolescent sometimes with a lot of doctors, like, honestly, <laughs> a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they have nothing uh, in, to in pull way, from. Honestly, like a guinea pig, because they, one... Doctors don't like to mess with adolescents with medication, one. And then two, I had no history, so everything was basically experimental. Hmm. So. Which is kind of scary, too. 
But yeah, now you have. It is definitely scary. That's why I mean, if you if you can get medical history or if you do put your child up for adoption, please add those notes because that could change a lot of lives. Yeah, and I guess it's also hard yeah. too coming from you know like third world countries because although you know there's doctors and there's hospitals and things there, it's when mm-hmm. they're really poor they don't go you know unless they're dying and that's kind of what my mom and dad right. told mm-hmm. me when we went down there is they're like well, I mean yeah there's doctors we don't have insurance and we don't go often unless like something serious is happening. Yeah, no, definitely that that makes it even more hard because. I even actually talked to my mom how the paperwork actually, even for adoption, they told her it was going to take a week, but actually ended up taking a month. That's like another reoccurring thing, too, because I know for my mom and my dad, they were down there a lot longer um, Mm -hmm. and just so many stories. And I think just because it was that we were in the early 90s, you know, because of everything that was going on with the Shining Path and like the government was up in arms. I just think that that's kind of. It played a big part in it, too, and getting signatures and going back and forth with lawyers. I mean, that couldn't have been easy, especially having, like, a giant language barrier. It was. My mom said how they couldn't leave without me and my without my birth mom, actually, mm. because they actually went with another family um, from Kentucky, and that family adopted two kids, and they went to Mara Flores but hmm. got pulled over and had to get their passports compensated. The Americans? They, they were American? Oh, my gosh. So then what happened after that? Uh, they, the, the nuns took their passport and, and told the police that they won't return it until the paperwork's done, I believe. That's as much as my mom knew. Okay. So that's why my, my parents very listened, was like, okay, all we're doing is just staying in this hotel. Or not even like gonna go out or leave or anything. Yeah. So, but my parents had to come twice. First, they came once, and then they had to leave. That was hard for them. My mom was saying how hard it was to leave me, and then they came back saying, "Oh, it's just gonna take a week." But then it ended up being a month. Mm. That's kind of similar to your mom. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was like, "Wait, this this kind of rings a bell of similarity." <laughs> yeah, I um. She too had to leave. I forget. Like they for a month for, too. Geez. Yeah, a month or two. But she said she couldn't take it, and so she ended up just leaving. And she went back down there. Um, yeah, I remember that. And she was kind of talking about how she didn't necessarily want to leave um, the apartment, but she was she was a single mom when she went down there. So that that's all she had is herself to kind of go. And here it's kind of funny because you know if you go down to your local like CVS or grocery store and you have too much stuff, you can bring it back to your house or your apartment in a cart. And so I remember her telling us that she went down in um, in Peru and she was just like, can I bring this cart with me? And they're just like, no, you can't bring this cart with you. Yeah, because like. she, <laughs> she had lost all of the baby stuff oh, in, in the airplane oh. uh, luggage for some reason. There was a miscommunication. So that's that was the catalyst to why she needed to end up going to the store to buy all this stuff, only to find out like how the heck she going to bring it to the, back to the hotel. So that was interesting. <laughs> Sorry, side note. Side yeah, story. no, but it's it's, no, different. No, that's- it's it's interesting because it's kind of like there's, it's probably really different going down like as a single parent and then versus having like two people who are caring for this baby and being able to go out like maybe one at a time. And I feel like that's such a catastrophic thing to happen is to lose all of your luggage, you know, your diapers and your clothes and the formula and everything. Because I remember um, she was saying when you came down, um, 
what did she say that it oh she wasn't expecting you right away and then all of a sudden somebody kind of was knocking at the door and she she was like no they said baby they're knocking at the door and they said baby and she's like no it's not my baby they're like baby and they kept repeating it and then they put um like a i think it was a, a p- picture or something mom. yeah your birth mom put something underneath the door and then your mom picked it up and was like oh it is and then opened the door and let them in and so they came early and so she was just totally unprepared oh super sam like that, that sounds beautiful though <laughs> yeah it's not asking any questions just all right man <laughs> see for yourself uh, i mean i could walk away but probably not want to but yeah so that's so you uh you were raised in uh what state again I was raised in Illinois, a northwest suburb of Chicago. Oh, okay. So, like, during the time, I guess, that you were having hard times with your adolescence, that was also kind of the time that you were dealing with a lot of medical issues as well. Mm -hmm. I was curious, like, um, how did you cope with with that um, experience in your life? Um, It helped talking to you guys being part of the ties program and meeting other adoptees and i had some solid friends too which was nice and i'm still pretty solid with one of them so that's really good yeah um because sadly because of all of the medication i don't really remember much Mm -hmm. um i guess in a way that's good and bad but uh how how else did i cope with it that's a really good question i guess drawing i drew a lot i drew i did crafts i did karate i got my frustration out a lot so i still practice that thanks sudo all the way (laughs) nice (laughs) i always wanted to get into mixed martial arts and karate <laughs> but uh yeah i just uh yeah i did that since like third grade and because of like another one of my illnesses it basically in a way semi-paralyzed me karate and my family definitely helped me learn how to walk even though doctors and science say you're unlikely to walk you probably won't walk ever again mm. wow Show them wrong. <laughs> I'm a CNA walking for days. <laughs> that's wow. Like, that's wild. I, I don't remember. Like that's so. What I don't know if if you care to uh, explain. Oh about no, that, I think not, I'm, but, I'm an open book with my health. So go right ahead. Oh, I was just curious. Like, how did that all kind of like happen? Like, did did one day just something happen, or was it something that you know had progressively gotten like worse and worse? Um. We don't know exactly what the cause was. We have an idea, but I don't want to say the idea because I'm not for sure Oops. and I don't want to give wrong info. But it basically started an autoimmune disease and that hit me when I was 16. Yeah, when I was 16. And then I all of a sudden was walking you know going on those rubber tracks that go in a circle and i'm about to walk and then all of a sudden i just go face down flat i'm like coach i i don't think i can walk and then i went face flat again 
and they doctors didn't know what it was and because I had no history or anything they're like you're gonna have to go to Children's Memorial in Chicago wow. and they had to transport me there and that's when they found out I had um, an autoimmune disease uh, called transverse myelitis and then later on when I turned 19 like around 19 I got usually when you get one autoimmune disease, you get a second one, mm. and I got a second one, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. My mom pronounces it better. It's called Children's syndrome. It's basically arthritis in the muscles. Ooh, arthritis. And then after that, like around 21, maybe like around there, I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is which attacks the thyroid. And so, and also then at 19, I had lupus anticoagulant disorder, which is my blood disorder. And that made me had to be on blood thinners the rest of my life. Mm. Wow. I feel like I remember hearing, you know, like the ins and outs of this, but not really. I feel like at the time, nobody really knew what was going on. It was kind of just like one thing after another, after another. And, and that's, oh yeah, that's what I was going to ask too, is how long, how long was it that you couldn't walk for? I think from 16 to like about eight, 18, but I was able to walk for graduation. That was my goal. That's awesome. To walk, to walk for graduation. Hmm. You know? That's a... Ah, doctors, <laughs> science. I mean, I, I back up the science, but you know what? Sometimes spirit and will and determination beats that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's um really uh, grateful that I guess you were here in uh in america where you know you'd be able to get the kind of help that you know you might not have gotten or been so lucky to have gotten in peru mm -hmm. it's really you know it's, it's and that's nice. what i tell my birth family they know a little bit about it not like in detail because it's hard to describe in mm -hmm. spanish but i keep telling them i most likely would not be who i am right now if i was there i would have so many medical trouble i would putting you guys through financial trouble mm -hmm. and I would just be in poor health and I'm that's why I'm so thankful to be in America that I was able to get the help my family was unable to financially stable enough to afford my medications and treatments obviously with medical with some medical aid but still more than probably I would have gotten in Peru Mm. absolutely wow that's i know sometimes we go back and forth and think about like the what ifs you know what what if i was there how would i have been but i think i know that sometimes that it's not the best idea to go back and compare and contrast but things like this it just it just makes you so much more thankful and so much more gracious that you're here you know and i just i can't imagine having to go through all that especially as a teenager and you're just trying to, you know, fit in with your friends and go to school and, you know, date people and just all these fun things that you're supposed to do and not have to worry about these things. And I think that not a lot of people understand what that means. Yeah, I I had a rough medical childhood. Like, it, yeah, I want to say it started like from 13 to like, yeah, until my, yeah, mid-20s. Hmm. College. Did you stay 
<laughs> Sorry, just switch. Uh, <laughs> did, I, did, I, oh, did I stay in college? Yeah, where did you go to college? Did you uh, stay around the area? Did you like move anywhere? I stayed in the area because of medical reasons. I didn't want to leave my doctors. And um, I wasn't successful the first time. So I recommend don't go to like a university. Try to go to local colleges. If you want to go to college, it saves you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I did. So I was able to get my associates and now my CNA. So I'm a CNA now. And nice. Right now, just trying to focus on my health and maybe when this whole pandemic's over, I'll go back for nursing or social work, something in the medical field. Hmm. What's um, five to six year like goal in terms of like where you want to be? Like, where do you see yourself? Um, I definitely want to have my own place. <laughs> I want to have my own place and be financially able to do that what else do I want to be I would like to get a bachelor's in something hmm. I would like to get a bachelor's and what else what do you think your dream job would be something with geriatrics with the elderly Okay. Oh, okay. I probably, I probably would want my my dream job would probably be want to be a nurse practitioner for the elderly. Because of all my medical issues, I completely relate with the elderly, and I mean, I look normal. <laughs> I have invisible illnesses, but once I tell my residents, like, hey, you know what? I totally get what you mean. You do not want to walk, but walking's good for you, and you got to do it. Mm -hmm. Change, 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 make, make goals. Don't look at the downs, make goals. It's kind of nice that they have someone like you uh, working um, with them because, you know, it's, it's, it all relates kind of because it's like, you know, you were adopted and you came to this country and because of, you know, uh, medical reasons, you know, you had a hard time and, but you were able to, you know, find a way out and become healthy again. And now you're on, on your way to giving back. You already are giving back to, you know, people who aren't who might need help too and so it's nice that you know you're uh using your experience and making something positive out of it yeah i'd also like to volunteer more i would like to go to back to peru guatemala and volunteer again i would like to do that yeah speaking of like i was i actually was just um uh earlier was watching a documentary um on vice about um uh chevron and uh the uh oil catastrophes that that have just devastated a lot of the uh jungle in um ecuador mm -hmm. so when you when you said that i just couldn't help but think about you know all the problems that that's going on down there you know a lot of indigenous people are suffering um because of the negligence of like huge american corporations so it's definitely um like for me personally what Oh, just sorry. Uh, for me personally, I, you know, down the road, I, I definitely would, would uh, be open to like you helping out in uh, that, that area of the world or in terms of giving back. But um, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say that's also why I kind of want to be a nurse practitioner is because I wouldn't mind even being part of Red Cross and going mm -hmm. to other, other countries and giving back to the world. 
Oh, yeah. That just reminded me uh, when I went back the last time. I went back and um, it was really weird because I went back at the exact same time that my aunt who um, owned Smile Network, she was going back too. And it was literally the same day. It was so weird. And they had a, they have a lot of doctors and nurses who travel with them. And I always thought that, that was so cool that they were able to come on their free time and for free to give back and, and help kids with um, their cleft lips and palates and just thinking of other places that do that too like yeah like you said the red cross and i'm sure there's a lot of like smaller places or oh, smaller yeah. companies that do that mm-hmm. and i'm sure they're in such need of it too yeah. definitely I'd, I'd love to get back that way because i mean i was brought to america for a reason i want to get back yeah yeah i like that mindset too because it's kind of like sometimes i feel like um, I f- sometimes I feel like that pushes me a little bit more to do a little bit more, especially when I'm feeling maybe a little bit lazy or something. It's kind of like you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And I know sometimes that like debilitates people and they're just like, well, I don't want to have that pressure on me. But I think people kind of like us, it's it's good that you have that pressure. It's kind of a good kind of pressure to have just to kind of push forward and to understand, you know, where you were, where you would have been possibly we might not know the exact story or the exact, you know, place that we would be standing in right now, or even if we would be standing there, to be honest, for the most part. But it's good, and I, I feel like you're doing so much better than than I could have ever even imagined, especially, you know, in your teen years, going through all of those things, and it's just kind of cool to see where you are now. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it, it's been a journey. It has really been a journey. So what's... Um so, like, curious, uh, how is your brother during all this uh, time in um, terms of, like, you know, your adolescence to, I guess, currently, like, was um, was he a, a good support system or, you know, or was it not? Oh, I'm just... oh, oh, yeah, he was very good support system. He He was happy that we were able to find my birth family. We were unable to find his, but he is completely content with that. Hmm. And he, it's, I think it is pretty common actually for Guatemalans not to really find their birth family. Mm. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but Hmm. at least when we went with that tour group there, it was kind of common that there wasn't many. Oh, so Uh, you went with the ties program too to Guatemala for Joey? Yes. How was that compared to um, the Peruvian ties group? Did (laughs) <laughs> it was it was different because um yeah i made sure it was all about him i completely tried my best to like be in the background you know what let him experience what i experienced hmm. and it, it they they still formed friendships i think we're still we still keep in contact a bit here and there i don't know if he keeps too much contact anymore but it it was still it was still pretty good it was pretty much about the same there were younger younger kids than there than there was at ours i feel ours was like more adolescent Hmm. and then theirs was more younger and it was actually smaller Mm -hmm. how many um years after we went down to peru did you go to guatemala with them Two or three. Okay. So you're like 16, 15? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. and I guess maybe like as, as a backstory too for people who don't know like that's how we met we all met at the ties with the ties program um, I forgot what their name is now. I believe it's a little bit different, but I will put it in the headline. Um, <laughs> but we went down there, and um, that's how that's how we all met to to meet our birth families. Right around that time, right before we went down there, was there anything that like did you know you were going down there? Had your parents talked to you about it? Was it a surprise? Like, how was that? Going through the ties program. Yeah. Uh, our, we, my family told me and they asked us if we wanted to do this and they asked us if we wanted to find our birth family. Um, we went to therapists. I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would you recommend that? Did you like that? At that time, No. No, I mean, I think just having the social worker with the ties program was just as good, I think, because that's what we had with ours, at least. We had at least one social worker there. Uh, we at least had somebody there in case we wanted to talk to somebody. I don't, I get why my family prepared us, but I was a little bit overprepared. And, <laughs> and just the therapy just. I mean, I, 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 I'm all for therapy, but just, it just did not work that much. Why do you think it didn't work? Or maybe it was your just head not into it, I guess, from, from my experience, too. I just, I did not want to do that at all what, at what, that age. What? Go, go to therapy at all beforehand or that, that had anything to do with my adoption. Because beforehand, when I was kind of acting out, like as a teenager, in the beginning of my teenage years, my mom always suggested like, maybe you should go to therapy. That's a, like a person who has um, like an outside view and maybe that would be good for you guys. And just like, no, absolutely not. I rebelled uh-huh. against it so hard. Feel that, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it just, it just didn't work for the time. I, think even going to the ties program was we were pretty young i mean i think i would have liked to gone a bit later hmm. um because i was still learning who i was but i mean it was still very beneficial i mean i got to meet you guys in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like no regret but i think just going to the therapy before everything was just a bit too much and it just got even my anxiety even more Mm -hmm. up on oh is this how I really felt oh why do I feel this and oh these are my true feelings I thought I felt this way I've been growing up thinking this way and then you're telling me oh just (laughs) and then it's like finding the right therapist and you got at that time I didn't know what the right therapist was I just here you go <laughs> yeah so yeah just I wasn't with the right therapist at the time okay yeah no um yeah I've, I've been uh to therapy when I was little too like like elementary school up to like middle school but like you I guess or like you I, I didn't I didn't really like understand what it was it was more of like a hassle than like an actual like it's ex- ex- helpful beneficial 
you know, it's like, you know, the therapist's like, well, hi, you know, your kid, right? This is like, therapist's like, hi, you know, how's your, how's your day? And you're kind of treating it like your mom being like, it's good. Did you do anything? Yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> I'm with friends, <laughs> you know, like very like static, but like, I guess as I got older, definitely, I guess it, I don't know how you feel about it now, but definitely I think like therapy for me was, um, it was, it was good. It was, it was nice to, I understood, I guess the, um, the, I understood that some, it's nice to have somebody that's not connected to your network that you can just say and act and feel, uh, the way that you want to without maybe endangering anybody's feelings or any, or changing the atmosphere or, and you'd be able to walk out of there after and just feel like like wow you know because it's one thing thinking about something mm -hmm. and then it's another thing saying it and then another thing feeling it after you say it mm -hmm. oh you want to pause real quick yeah you want to you want to yeah it. hold on one second That's like so funny. I had my mom turn on the light right now because I'm oh, like really? dark. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like just text her while you're like talking about the mom. Can you turn on my light? <laughs> but I that, didn't want to get up. <laughs> I suppose that's like the convenient thing of having her, having yeah. her there, Moms. along with other really good reasons. But that too, to be able to just text. I miss ooh, everything's just. Okay. That's kind of, I, I miss my mom. I miss, um... I'm sure you do. Today was really funny because I try to talk to her every day. And I was like, what are you, what are you, what are you cooking, mom? And she's like, oh, I'm cooking this. And I was like, oh, I miss kind of having that home-cooked food all the time. I mean, Aww. I do cook too, but it's different, you know, like your mom's well, food. yeah, yeah. I get it, definitely. Okay, I'm kind of glad we kind of had that, like, break. Because I feel like I get so uptight. And I just yeah. like chill out, and I feel like I get so like forceful about a conversation, and I'm just like, I need a glass of wine, maybe. It's funny, like you were talking about. I think you're talking about food, right? And family with food. Yeah. And that was just yeah. it. Just threw me back to you know me being like 11, trying to like use the stool to get up to my toaster because <laughs> I had to make myself breakfast, making my like egos, and just like trying to make it as fast as I can so I can catch the. Uh, next chapter of like whatever I was watching in terms of, cause back in the day, you know, we didn't have like YouTube, we didn't have like stuff that we could just like, right. just pause whenever we want and just get what we needed. I was like, oh, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> you know, new Yu-Gi-Oh, new Pokemon, <laughs> like gotta watch it. But Yeah. That's so funny, I guess I never- Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I always forget, there's so many times that I forget that we had, had these things like dial up internet, you know, for a while or, you know, sometimes we didn't, yeah, there was a time we didn't have a cell phone, right? Like, I don't think I got one until I was maybe 13. Right around the time that I went, I think, down, we went down to Peru. Oh. Is the time huh. we had cell phones. Yeah. Because I remember I had this, oh my gosh, I had this little book um, right when we were leaving everybody. And I remember getting everybody's phone numbers and everybody's aims down and like their emails and everything. And just thinking of aim in general. And I got to get that, that sample aim. right here. MySpace. <laughs> yeah, MySpace. Oh, yeah, MySpace. And, um... Or Zanga. Oh, my God. What, I... You don't remember Zanga? No. I don't. 
Thank, thank you for remembering, Megan. I always hear the one. I love Zanga. Always. Zanga. I loved it because you could um, you could you could code. Mm-hmm. You don't remember Zanga? Oh, is that how people customize their uh, MySpace? Could you customize your MySpace? I feel like Zanga was very like customizable. You could download yeah. these templates and you could do all of these cool things with them. I remember MySpace when it was like the top eight. Oh yeah. Remember? You guys were always in my top eight, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam's yeah. like, I can't say the same about you guys. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I wish I could like, like have screenshots of like what it looked like. Of Zanga? No, of, uh, of uh, MySpace and it's in, it's interesting because like you you're, you were able to i don't know about zanga but you know obviously you guys know with myspace you're able to customize your like your um profile so oh, it, i guess your background and yeah that's what boxes. i was talking about yeah i forgot about that yeah i was always envious of those guys who like you know had everything like stuff was moving and like <laughs> things were like fl- glitter or, like flashing and stuff yeah. and i was like how did you do that megan you always had great ones yeah, I that's how you always you always had amazing ones. You did too, though. I remember we would always talk about them and like try to line mm-hmm. them up. Yeah, that was fun, and it's interesting yeah, it too fun. because that was like during the time. Think of if we would have stayed with something like that with like coding or something. Like that's that's all it was. It was coding. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should have. Yes, yeah, when you're younger, you're able to take in information more easier. We were coding when we were 13 years old. That's just funny to think about now. Just because, it is like, funny. Being in college and going through coding classes and just absolutely, I hate it. It's them. like, are we reverting? <laughs> like, are we like, it's all downhill from here. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Just, um, yeah, wow. That's to, funny. To think, yeah, I don't, get super, got super nostalgic just now. Singing about, like, just movies and just. You know, before Netflix was even Netflix. And now there's not even movie theaters anymore. Well, at least around here, there's not movie theaters, but. Oh, yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah, that was. Blockbuster, yeah. Man, that was such like words can't describe that feeling like on a Friday night when you're you obviously like, I don't know, I feel like me. I was I, I kind of was like a loner when I was a kid, a little bit, very like mm-hmm. to myself. I, I like to create my atmosphere. So like my my speaking of blockbuster movie DVD rental places, that was like my my escape. You know, after you get out of like Friday nights, I got nothing to do. You know, I ain't no <laughs> cool kid. So I'm just like me, myself, and I, the only kid, just yeah. going down to you had no siblings. Yeah, just going out of blockbuster, being like, oh, what movie shall I pick today? You know, where was the local? blockbuster uh block away like uh 79th and uh on like broadway it's called uh champagne videos (laughs) i remember it that was that was the spot nice yeah but anyways (laughs) enough with that nostalgic nostalgic, back uh, in our day (laughs) i know I'm just trying to think of what else we had, like those. Oh yeah, we were talking about that the other day, like razor phones and those like yeah. sidekick phones that you just kind of like switched up and could kind of type on. I just get worried sometimes about my thumb. I know it's so random, but just from typing so much because it wasn't like this nice little touch screen back in the day. You had to press each button. Yeah, and I remember like being in competition with friends, like who can type the fastest and send this text message. Yeah, and I'm just like oh, my poor thumb, like. <laughs> yeah i feel bad for the i guess the older generation who was trying to get into it you know like when we were kids and and we were you know we were young and youthful we would be able to like but like what if like you know you were in high school during that time 
I guess that's kind of like right now too, right? Like our parents kind of, I know mine, you know, in the beginning of Facebook and things like when my dad first got Facebook, he's like, I don't get this. I don't understand this. What does this mean? I'm just so scared. I don't want to end up like that. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like, what are the things that are going to trip us up? Like when we were, I don't know about you guys, but like when I was um, taking tests in high school or sometimes even college, like those art history tests, I had a water bottle and I would peel off the um, the label of the water bottle and then I would write my notes on it and then I would just put it back on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's funny because you, that's like, you were doing that before like, it was like a thing. You feel like, like, like speaking, like for instance, like TikTok or for instance, like stuff like that, people are like showing all the secrets mm. but mm-hmm. before then you had to you know be in the right place at the right time know the right people to acquire these specific secrets or develop them on your own yeah just like right on your hand yeah or but your nowadays your kid you type in something and be like oh 20 different ways to do this to like and things you never even thought of well i just think of people like on zoom right now too who are having um like school right how are they taking tests you know, how are these people going to learn? Because they don't have to memorize anything. I could sit there and take a test on online and I have my phone right here and my computer right there. And so, I don't know. I just think that that's... And then, or you can just be... Ta- you would be able to take a test and everybody would be on... You could have a group chat going on. Just Guys, tag teaming it. One person is yeah. just dedicated to searching two people and then two people, you know. Yeah. I pay good money for that. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that because I feel like for me, school wasn't the easiest, so... I would totally pay somebody right now to do it for me. <laughs> I wouldn't look back. Well, maybe one day. Right. Maybe one day when I get fired because I was like in out of, of uh, understanding my job title. But, you know. but you're kind of an art. Potato, art. potato. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in high school I would write, uh, I would wear the baggiest hoodies and then write the smallest in the papers. And then I would have it like fit in my hand and just oh, go awesome. like this. And I would like, I literally had it to the T where I would have like a wristband, uh, rubber scrunchie right here, hold it. And then I could just pull it right there and just put it back. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, that's oh. that Spider-Man things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it worked. Hey, yeah. It, it, it worked. And if I needed some quick notes, there it was. <laughs> yeah, do what you got to do. Yeah. Hey, that, yeah especially because a lot of this stuff like i i feel like i barely learned i mean i I learned stuff but i just didn't i would mostly memorize things and then when the test was done it it was out of my head for the most part and so there's got to be a better way to retain this information well see i was never a good test taker me neither i I always had to get more time i was never a good test case ah, test taker i was in special ed in high school then i got into like an iep What's IEP? Uh, shoot, what is it? it? It's basically like the next level of like in a way special ed where you get like accommodations. Okay. I forget the title of it now, <laughs> but that's what it's called, like an IEP. So I could get like extended time for testing um, if I really want to, note a note taker. Okay. And stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like taking tests because it, it made me so anxious when there's a time limit. And then everybody else is, they're really done, they're really quick and they're done with their test fast. And then they're all walking up and handing it into the, like, whatever, the box or whatever it was at the time. And I would just panic because I was like, oh my gosh, like, they're done. I'm not even done with three. And then my focus would, I'd lose focus completely and go back and forth and back and forth. And then I'd look at the clock and then it's just like, 
by the time I'm done, like, but by the time everybody else is done, like, I have no idea. Maybe I'm on question five. Yeah. I, to, I, yeah. Po- po- apologize to uh, you or people like that out there. Cause, <laughs> cause I definitely, if I knew what I need to do, I'd, I'd get it done and I'd be like, do you mean you'd be that annoying kid? Yeah, like yes. No, I couldn't stand. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's OD. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said like yes, but I would have been like, oh, like I would have. Been Did like, you get in trouble a lot <laughs> when you were a kid? What? Did you get in trouble a lot for being annoying, like with the, from your teacher? Like, because if you're doing this and stuff when people are taking tests, I would freak out. No, but you you know, like you know, when you're just like, but like, you're an instigator. Yeah. Well. Like you know. mean when you put the paper down, you're like. I yeah. can kind of make a big deal, like make yeah, a like sound. I put my pen down and make a sound. I zipper. <laughs> I wouldn't like. I wouldn't zipper up slowly. I'd be like zip, zip, you know, like you know, put up my stuff and like leave. Just be extra. Yeah, but if I, but like on the reverse side, if I didn't know, I'd be like, shut up, you know, like stop making noise. I need to figure this out right now. Karma. I know. That's why I take my test in a different room. Uh. So people like like you did not bother me. That's why. So you people like you did not bother me. Because it would just like, like, you know what? I know I'm slow. Don't rub it in. (laughs) Even people like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I was like really anal or like OCD. But even how people breathed would bother me. And how they would hold their pencil or how I could hear the pencil marks. That would drive me nuts. So, like, you talking about that? Oh, my gosh. That would drive me nuts. But it's weird because, like, sometimes I, like, I'd be in, I wouldn't necessarily mean it per se, but I'd be in the zone. You know when you're really in the zone and you know and you're like, oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but you don't say, like, okay, but you're just like. Yeah, but you're constantly moving around. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why yeah. that bothered me. I was such a, I don't know. I feel like if you knew, though, if you, like. If I was confident in what I was doing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like, regardless of whether or not you retain, or, sorry, regardless of whether or not you were interested in the material, yeah. if you knew the material, I think um, it wouldn't be as hard, per se. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, what do I know? I'm not a teacher, so. It's just, like, the, yeah, the, the process of taking a test just wasn't, it just, I don't know, maybe, because I, I feel like I had to, like, reread things over and over and over to understand them, so. Same. I had to read things, reread things multiple times. And sometimes I even actually had to have a teacher or somebody actually read it to me because my mind would just be overthinking of what the question is. I, I even actually remember one time one teacher actually took me aside and was like, you know, you, you know this stuff let me re-question this mm. and he actually re-questioned it and he gave me a better grade oh, that's helpful yeah i feel like some of it too is um you know the quality of teachers yeah for oh, somebody yeah, to help you yeah and not i mean i remember having horrible math teachers too and when i would ask them a question they'd be like well i just did this and i was like yeah but i didn't i still i can you do it again and they'd be like this is a waste of time because everybody else gets it and you don't and then people like that you're just kind of like oh man i don't I'm not going to, I'm not going to try because every time I try or even ask a question, you know, I get put down. So I think that's, you're right. It is the the quality of the teacher and how patient somebody wants to be with you or maybe not how patient they are with you. But uh, yeah, I remember walking up to teachers all the time during tests and kind of asking, what does this word mean? Or what does that word mean? But I was also curious too, if, um, I know a lot of adoptees who had maybe learning disabilities especially when it came to school so i was just curious if maybe that's something that a lot of adoptees deal with 
Yeah, I definitely um. Yeah, ma- math was really hard, hard okay. for me. Um, I, uh, but it's interesting. I think math was the one thing that, like, I think I can relate to, like, like learning, like guitar, like music, or, or, or sorry, anything, right? Like, um, being a soccer player, being a football player. If you don't, if you don't like consistently practice, you know, your, you know, your training, your whatever it is that you're doing, you like lose it. Like perfect example was like for the um, the regions because I grew up in New York, so it's like a, a state test, and I was really psyched because I actually worked like really really hard on learning how to do the regions, and I passed. I, I did pretty well, a lot better than I thought I would do, but um, but then I lost it. Only the reason why I'm saying this is only because later on when I um, was continuing college, I had to learn math again, and that was like really painstaking and like you you know you had your teacher my my teacher was like helping me because i had like somebody there that could like stay after hours that could help me teach this stuff but what's interesting too is a lot of it was on me to advocate to like stay after and to ask and this is like this like older like dude he was just like definitely just not with like patience and he's just like writing stuff and like just doing you know because he's a teacher so he's grading like Mm -hmm. other classes tests and stuff so he's like whatever like so i'm just like they're like um wait did i get this right he looks at like no and i'm like what one minute he just goes on the chalkboard he writes this whole thing he's like da 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 is this there the five see no you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to do it like that i'm just like yes coach <laughs> like <laughs> like just goes back down, just like looks at that under like just for five minutes just understands like every step and then i i i, I like took the the numbers out of the equations oddly enough and i just t- looked at the process mm. so then when the numbers were irrelevant to me and the process of the format was consistently i was able to better grasp it it's also cool because like i think math is one of those things that a lot of people don't really know enough and i think that if they did it could help them mentally. well like you said too it kind of it ties in with a lot of things math does just in general and i think you just saying that and you taking the numbers out and understanding the process of things you know it helps with like you said even sports yeah because the angles if you like literally that's mathematics if you don't get a right angle when you're doing a route running if like football any football fanatics out there know what i'm talking about never really played like competitive football but um I'm act like I do, but you know, if like you were to take a rap in a certain way, like it just like the alignment just won't work. You can't get that speed that you're looking for. If you don't like turn on that last second, that's a lot of that's mathematics. Hmm. So I'm trying yeah. to think if I like use mathematics in my everyday, not really. Well, you do a lot. Mathematics. I guess the idea of mathematics helps you come to terms with, unrelatable things making them relatable if that makes any sense like (laughs) like you trying to do a problem that has no relatability to your life just the act of learning that and understanding how to do it even though it has no relatability somehow like i don't know for me it like just it it seeps into other things yeah i suppose somehow subconsciously I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it's that like boost of confidence. 
For yeah, me, that's what I feel like it would be. If I knew math, maybe I'd have like a boost of confidence to maybe understand more. But you're right. Maybe it is. It does somehow kind of relate to other things. I well. swear it does. Because the only reason why I needed to was to, you know, finish my degree. And I guess I, I was that was my initiative. That was my thing that forced me to learn because I yeah. learned it like literally like opened up a roadblock in my head somehow. And I can't really describe why, but I just felt so much like capable or that make it capable look at me more well, capable more because capable. you had a process because you thought of a process going back on that math problem mm -hmm. it's like in in there you were like going through that process of what to do next to get that degree mm -hmm. minus all the numbers minus all the classes you know what you got to do this 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 yeah coach let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also like like too like you were saying like rooting out a problem like mm -hmm. trying to find where you went wrong like you're wrong in this but where mm -hmm. being able to like pinpoint it down going through your checks like in football you know you look at your reads what's you know what worked what didn't work and you find it and when you find it it's like wow nice so now now i know where i went wrong so the next time i can do it i'm gonna do it right because you do that you'll be like maybe like it seeps in that way you start yeah. figuring out problems that you couldn't have or that it would have taken you a lot harder of a time to figure out if you didn't like have the understanding of like the system of trying to figure out where you went wrong in a problem. Yeah. Just kind of, I guess to simplify it, maybe like learning from your mistakes, right? Yeah. To yeah. kind of go back to maybe that one time, maybe if there's like a consistent problem in your life to kind of go back to that problem that keeps happening and where does it go wrong? Kind of like a math problem. You know, you added something or subtracted something or something went wrong to make the rest of the entire equation go wrong. So I suppose... Yeah, no, actually, now that you're saying it, it brings me back because, like, I'm thinking, like, the, you know how, like, sometimes something is so clear to you, but for whatever reason, you mess up on it, you forget something, you don't do something that you knew you should have done, and with math, that's kind of how it was. I remember mm -hmm. going through problems, and they were just like, you didn't, why didn't you bring down the five? You just left it there, mm -hmm. and that's why you didn't get the wrong, an that's why you got the wrong answer, because you had nothing to divide it with, so you're just left with a broken problem, and I was like, oh why did i even forget that like how could it's so small how could i just have missed overlooked that and not taking that with me and I, I mean guess, i feel like that happens all the time just like the other like today is an example like i was looking for a peanut butter and i was panicking <laughs> because i was just like i don't want the crunchy peanut butter and sam's like but it's, it's like right there and i was like no i already saw that like that's that's the crunchy one he's like no just like look up and so it's just kind of like common sense things too that i think you know when we're not necessarily Maybe I wasn't just like in my right mind or something and I was just kind of panicking and that just made me not focus on something that was right in front of me. Tunnel vision. Yeah. Probably some tunnel vision just like in the math problem. You focus on one thing when really you should have paid attention to that five. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's like the perfect word for, for sometimes what you for do. For me? Yeah. It's like it's plenty of times she's looking for something and then it's literally, literally like right there. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, where is it? And I'm like, is that it? And she's like, oh my God. Yeah, what What the heck? As if it was like never there and it just appeared only for you. <sighs> I feel like it's stress. I feel like when I get stressed out too, I just, I forget things. I forget so many things and it's just kind of, yeah. it kind of goes back to, and that, which is sometimes why I think I, I do want to talk to like a psychiatrist or a therapist um, and just like figure the, some of these things out because it's like, yeah, it's, it's, maybe I don't know how to explain it. 
as well but i feel like it's not like it's not like there's this giant reason you know looming over me but i think just to have somebody to talk things out with and to just be like well this happened and for somebody to say hey like maybe you should have looked at it this way or maybe you should do something like this this way just to kind of maybe like break it down like a math problem i suppose (laughs) no definitely i actually currently still see a therapist and a psychiatrist and they help because that's how I knew the word tunnel vision because <laughs> oh, yeah. I get because I get like that too I'll get so focused on something when really I have to look at the broad picture yeah. and I got to see the different kind of angles as you said like in football you got to like hit the right angle yeah and and it's wild how when you do that how like simple things start to like become somehow like oh you know you're looking at the overall arc it's like oh that's that's why I'm doing this or that's why I want to do this because I want A, B, and C or, you know, other things. Right. That's why, like, I mean, kind of bringing it back, like, in my childhood, a lot, it was, like, me, myself, and I, kind of like you, Sam. It was just, like, me, myself, and I. Yeah, I had my brother and everything. I had siblings, but a lot of it, I kind of isolated myself until now. I, like, reached out to, like, a lot of friends and therapists, you guys, and it helps. It helps. That was something that I had too much tunnel vision in that thinking that, oh, it's me, myself, and I. Nobody else will understand what I'm going through. Da, 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 da. I don't want to bother people with my issues. When really, I got to look at the broad picture that, you know what, I have a support system. Mm-hmm. I have people that do care about me, even though, like, we talk on and off, but, you know, like, guys still there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that kind of just totally took me back to you know, when I was 10 to 13 before I met everybody that we went on the trip with, I think just completely isolating myself and just thinking exactly how you said you were thinking is just, I'm not really trying to bother anybody, but the problem was I was like making so much ruckus for my entire family because I was like having these tantrums or fits, um, and it was, it was screwing up everything they were doing. Like maybe it happened before Christmas or before a birthday or something, and it just kind of sometimes I just think like I was malfunctioning I guess a, a weird like word for it I was just like malfunctioning and I didn't know how to deal with all of these Mother. things <laughs> you to me, uh, I don't know sorry if you do you, have you watched Raised, Raised by Wolves uh, a show on HBO uh on no. HBO oh, okay. <laughs> he's referencing there, okay. it's like these two I don't know maybe you want to explain yeah it. it's these two androids so long story short the world is like div- dissolving into chaos there's two sides uh, the atheist side ends up reprogram reprogramming a side from the other side it's a religious based side and then gets this this female android to go on a ship with another android who is the female android's name mother and the father android's name father and they are to go to this planet Kepler 22b or something with like six embryos and they are going to raise a colony of humans there and start a population based on that and that's the series is around that premise and when i was saying malfunctioning he was thinking about that because they're androids and they like were malfunctioning so yeah they weren't (laughs) meant to last forever so there would be a time where they would start to degrade and malfunction and that's kind of like halfway into the season oh jesus spoilers spoiler alert (laughs) but um yeah halfway into the season they start dealing with kind of these problems yeah that's kind of how I felt like I was when I was a kid is just kind of like not not necessarily knowing knowing but not knowing but not really having that outlet for how how to like talk about these feelings and I think like going to therapy even now would help and be beneficial because like you just said a word you know tunnel vision they help you 
understand what these things are that you're going through, you know, and when you have that vocabulary and you're able to talk about it, it probably makes things a a lot more easier. Definitely. I learned a lot about myself, like how I mind read a lot of fortune tell and, and everything. So, and I wonder if that like happens with other adoptees, really how, like if they even feel isolated like us at first and that's why like I'm very thankful that we were part of like at the time ties program because I didn't know really other adoptees I mean yes we were part of like culture camp Hmm. but in a way it wasn't the same yeah and I feel like kind of going down there too it was such a traumatic experience whether you had like a positive experience meeting your birth family or a negative one it was just trauma in general um going down there to a country like your birth country, seeing all these people who look like you. Um, and I guess trauma, like I said, doesn't have to be like a negative thing, but just experiencing all of these things at once and then also having that experience and sharing that with people that you were with. I think that's that's such a cool thing too. And I think that's why a lot of us have stayed pretty close together because it's, it's something you can kind of always look back on and, and talk about and like remember these stories and were you a part of like the yellow wristbands or the or the yellow what was it yellow yellow ones or orange yeah yellow or orange yeah i remember that oh my gosh yeah i know sometimes i just think of random things more recently i don't know i feel like sometimes i think i've just been suppressing so many things um in my teenage years and so sometimes randomly i'll just start singing a song that i heard but i haven't listen to it maybe since I was like 13 and so recently I've just been having all these weird moments and these I not ideas but these memories are popping up in my brain and I'm just like oh my gosh and so you talking about like the um or I was talking about these what were they the name tags yeah all of a sudden my mind was just like whoop and just I thought about all these memories and everything like going down there and taking the bus from place to place and these planes from place to place and that was crazy I think that's why our relationships formed so well because we were there for each other when or if we met our birth families or when we saw the orphanages. That was, oh my gosh, that was overpowering of emotions when we saw those orphanages and made a difference there. Yeah. Yeah, you were... You, I, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, you... Was that the second time we went? No, we went to we went to orphanages. Really? Yeah, I, we time. visited first time. once. Yeah, we were visiting the first time we visited one. I think we visited three on our tour. Oh, I yeah, I don't, I don't remember Dang. how many. But when you went back, yeah, you did as well. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, you had. Uh, you oh had- yeah, when I went when I went back, we went to a place in Lima at a nun's place. Yeah, so, that's what you remember. So we where where it held actually bringing up the adoption actually that place was in a way i guess i don't know what the proper word is i guess a safe haven Mm -hmm. because they're for children that weren't able to be adopted but the families couldn't take care of them so they didn't sign that they won't they in a way refused to sign the papers Um, that's so that facility can hold from infants to 18 and then once they get closer to like, obviously like in our way, high school age, they would help prepare them to help get them jobs, get them a career, get them the, ready for education and live on their own because then technically they're adults. Mm. I didn't know that about that place. 
But yeah. I didn't go to that place. Yeah, yeah at least that's what, yeah, that's from what I remember, at least. Yeah, I guess learning more about adoption papers and um, just thinking about, A, I always think about, like, what our parents went through when they were, or moms, you know, whoever it was who gave you up for adoption, what they went through while they were filling those pieces of paper out. And then to think of other families who, like you just said, they don't want to sign the paper to give their baby away, but they don't want to take care of them either. And it's kind of sad because they really just leave their kid in limbo. And to think, you know, maybe some of these kids could have had a better life. Yeah. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about the place. I mean, I'm glad it was there so the kids weren't on the street or anything. But also, it's it, it had to be hard on the kids because, like, oh, we see mom and dad maybe on the weekend or once a month. But hmm, so they would come down and basically visit. Basically, the nuns take care of them. This kind of this is kind of interesting to talk about um, orphanages too. This kind of conversation came up the other day in a in a different way, and people were talking about how that can be detrimental to kids having like Americans come down, you know, and they have nice, they're wearing nice clothes, right? And they have all of this money and they're just giving them kind of gifts. And then they stay there, they spend time, they kind of form this bond and then they leave. And I don't know, I guess I kind of thought about, I was thinking about that. You only love me for my culture. (laughs) Uh, I I understand. It's hard. It's hard. Especially when you're kids, you can't distinguish that, you know, them helping from, they can't like live there. They're not going to stay there. But, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for them, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess, like, coming and having, like, bus buses full of, full of people, like, coming in, playing with them, leaving. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be like, wow, so you guys are just going to leave me now. Mm-hmm. You get me all, like, happy, and then you're just going to leave. Yeah, and just the conversation that I was having with somebody else was just, like, what are the pros and cons of that? You know, is it beneficial for somebody to go down and volunteer, um, or does that hurt them more? Or, you know, I, I can see both sides, but while we were talking about that, yeah, I was just thinking about that as well. Definitely, I could see both sides with that, too. I mean, I would volunteer again with that nun facility because she was very nice and everything. She took care of the place pretty nice from what I'm a, from what I saw, but... Yeah, definitely still mixed feelings about it, though. Yeah, I um, my cousin, her uh, her mom was an alcoholic. My mom's sister was an alcoholic and um, ended up passing away. And she had a, the cutest little baby. And she ended up having to go to, it, it was this beautiful kind of orphanage. And it wasn't too far away from my mom and dad's house in Peru. And we went and we visited once. And it was very, it was very sad. And I remember, um, I remember thinking about her and I just wanted to take a picture, but the nuns wouldn't allow it. They were just like, no, you're not allowed to take any pictures. And, you know, her, her dad wouldn't sign papers away, but he was an alcoholic and he wouldn't come and see her. And she hadn't seen family members in a long time. And I just remember feeling so sad. They wouldn't let us really inside the facility. Like they would, they let us in this little visiting area. And so we had brought in all this food, like grapes and crackers and chips and things. And she just ate it all. She was tiny and she ate it all. And she was so cute. And I was just thinking, my mind is always like going back and forth, like the positive and negatives. And I was like, I'm so glad one, she's eating, but I'm also kind of sad because she's acting like she's starving. And I'm just curious, you know, if they feed them enough. Um, she also had bruises on her and, and her hand. She had a giant, um, like a blister from being burned. And I was kind of like, wow. Where was this? This was in Cusco. Oh. When I went down to visit my mom and dad the last time. 
in a, uh, what, what, um, what facility? Like where? it was an orphanage. So, okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah it, but right. it was like, it was, it was a beautiful orphanage. It was huge, but the nuns were very, very strict. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just sad. And I just remember thinking about like, Hey, how did you get burned? You know, you're this tiny little girl where you buy like the fire, like nobody's watching her, you know, just kind of thinking of all these kids running around because I guess I had to, um, make up something in my head because I wasn't really able to see the inside and just kind of what, what that might be like. And I just remember feeling like, Oh, I just wish I could take her with me because here, here I am like trying to help her and give her food at the time. But like now I'm leaving and just me going back to my parents' house, you know, in Peru, it it was better than being in the orphanage. And, uh, it was just, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird too. Like I couldn't help but think while you were talking, it's just kind of like putting myself in that person's shoes and what they've been through. I couldn't help but like, you know, put that scenario in my imagination in terms of putting myself in their shoes and just like being like, wow, like, you know, like I'm this child, but I have to, I have to act like as adultish as I, as I can, I should know better. I'm not like, you know, I get smacked in the hand because I shouldn't have done this. And, and then over time, like I start to like keep that childish mentality per se, for instance, like, you know, when somebody like you were to talk to me, my childness would come out. It would just burst, ooze out because I've just, I, I've had so desperately tried to keep it inside and, and be like strict and be like, you know, I'm an, ad- pretty much I'm an adult. I have to act like a, you know, you're a big kid now. You know, you gotta act like a big kid. You can't like have room for these kind of like childish like antics. And it, it's kind of sad because like, you know, I could see myself growing up, growing up, growing up, growing up, and I'm an adult now, but yet I still have this very like, childish heart which is a good thing but it can be a bad thing for instance like explaining your emotions being able to be in tune with yourself and what you like not you know uh, maybe like that habit of talking talking down at myself being like yo don't be stupid like Mm -hmm. don't don't say that like they're not gonna like that you're you're a man you need to act like a man you can't tell her that you're feeling sad you know like stuff like that like i just couldn't can't help but think that some people like that are in the street and grow up kind of like that inside an orphanage yeah or in general too like if their parents you know you know maybe are are harsh Mm -hmm. on them yeah part in the system i could completely relate with that sam like i was like uh down on myself and then now i lost what else you said (laughs) but and second and second thinking and everything so i i do that a lot so i can completely relate where you're going with that yeah it's like you know the difference between like having somebody to say like your feelings are stupid like don't yeah. don't talk about this in this on the, at the dinner table or yeah. like oh my god like what what's going on like talk to me like um what what are you feeling like what's going on you know like i guess that just goes to show you know with with love like having really good like adoptive parents too and just like loving parents or people who are patient in general um because you're right you know i think a lot of people you know, when you do have to grow up too fast or when your parents are too strict or maybe too harsh or rough on you or tough on you, you know, you do have to suppress things. You do kind of get lost in this mindset of having to be a lot older than you actually are. And it is pretty scary to think about. Because you're I, bef- got, told, I got told that a lot at work, actually, because a lot of the, my residents think like I'm a teen or like early 20s huh. because I... I, I talk very sarcastically with them. I kid, tell jokes. I, I'm very goofy with them like a kid. And it allows me to let my kidness out because obviously I'm a kid to them. They're, they're ancient. Yeah. 
So I that lets it out. But before that, I don't think I could really let out my inner child as much. Like I, I tried, I think in, in points I did, but just with all the health issues, it's like I had to grow up. Mm-hmm. I had to focus on my health. I couldn't be a kid and and join like volleyball or mm-hmm. or like you say like hockey or or anything like any other sports because I couldn't walk. I couldn't do much. I couldn't go to like dances really. I isolated myself. And just that just brings a, a like a whole new perspective, you know, to you and to your job right now and how much that is just it's mutually beneficial, right? Because they help you and you obviously help them tremendously. And so for you to kind of be able to have your inner child come out with them is is so beautiful because I think at the end of the day you don't want to um, I'm just thinking like past, like past relationships, you know, having to having to be too much of an adult, you know, whether it's like a friendship or somebody that you're with, like a significant other, just feeling like you can't be on the same page as somebody else. Um, I guess kind of like feeling as if you have to be their parent, you know, and then like you said, you grow up, you feel like you're you're way too much of a grown up and then they can have fun and, and you kind of want that mutual benefit of being able to both be kids and so I'm sure that they love that too because I'm sure that their inner child comes out with you as well yeah yeah no it does I that's one thing I am happy that I found a job that I do love want more pay but <laughs> I love I, I, I do love the job that I have and my residents. they they get me like I'm gonna get like emotional they're like second family to me they're, yeah they helped me grow and they listened to me. They, they've helped, they helped a lot. My residents have helped a lot. Yeah, and I feel like that's so, I can, the only thing I can relate it to is when I was in junior high, um, we went and we, actually the, the school was located next to a nursing home. And so one time we went to volunteer and I met this older lady and her name was Minnie. And Aww. she was like on her last leg and, she was she was dying, but she was the most she was the kindest person I've ever met, I think. And I just remember her to this day. I I don't remember how. Maybe I was like 11, 12 years old, but she was just so kind and so loving and something about being in a nursing home and these people have experienced like the highs and definite lows of life and for them to be able to express it to you and maybe give you advice and you know, it really helps you put your life in perspective on something that maybe you know, might feel like a big deal, you know, like stubbing your toe and then, you know, your day's ruined. But then in reality, like that's just a tiny, tiny moment in your giant life, you know, and to yeah. kind of put things in a different light for you. Yeah, they were in the, the, the depression, the wars. Mm-hmm. They, they survived that. <laughs> Some of them joke with me saying like, oh, I survived the depression and a war. We could survive. I'll survive 2020. <laughs> and I'm like good job that's a good attitude and they didn't have a lot of the things we do now just like today um I don't remember where I saw it but somebody was talking about how they didn't have um their parents you know back in obviously like I guess this is a good example like when you went to war you know you didn't have a cell phone that you could check up on them and be like hey like went out of the base today and I'm fine you know nobody had things like that to be able to stay in contact and so I feel like I don't know I feel like our generation is really soft you know, when it comes to that, we don't understand what that means. We don't understand what like no contact means, you know, sending snail mail all the time. And I feel like the next generation, you know, to come, it's just going to, 
I don't mean to say like I don't mean to be negative in saying that it's going to get worse but it just it just does put a different light on things and I just would hope that you know future generations understand how how grateful they are because I feel like eventually you're going to be able to press a button and be somewhere it's not as sincere like I think like if I like sent you to a letter like that would be more sincere than just a text yeah Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even just like printing out pictures, you know? Oh, yes. I would, I, I would probably send you guys a card and like customize it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fun. And things like that are nice. But it's just, it's funny too, because that's what we used to do, you know, before. And now it's kind of come to the point where texting is so much easier and faster. And, and it's like, I don't have time to write a letter. But I think, um, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa is by himself right now. My grandma died recently. And so he, she used to help him with FaceTime and he has no idea what he's doing now. And I told him like, don't worry about it. Like I'm going to send you, I'm going to start sending you mail and like letters and I'm going to start sending pictures. Cause I, as much as I would love to text him, um, and be able to kind of have that instant communication, it's nice to be able to send him those things. Cause I feel like that's really meaningful for me too. And I feel like I get a lot out of writing a letter to somebody and kind of just putting it all on paper, regardless if he writes back. You know, he doesn't have to. I'm not expecting that. I just want to give him an outlet of, you know, this is this is kind of what I'm doing on a daily basis. And like, here's a picture of this or that. And like, just to keep you up with my life. And I don't know. I just think like, just the thought of that makes me so happy. It's just kind of filling him in in a way he understands, you know, because technology and things are so frustrating to him right now. And I don't expect him to like get it right away. Um, but so, yeah, I think you're right. Things are a lot less sincere right now. And that's what's hard right now with the whole pandemic is a lot of them don't have like tablets or like Alexa or any of that. They they barely have cell phones. Mm -hmm. they some of them even have like some of the flip phones and i'm like oh wow look at this one oldie (laughs) (laughs) and and it's just hard because especially now with it getting colder at least our facility i jokingly say it's our prison visit (laughs) because it's all plastic and like saran wrapped in a way and we're just missing the telephones (laughs) (laughs) but you know their families are able to come in safely and they're able to see each other because they don't have FaceTime. They don't have technology like that. What are you thinking of? Sorry, just when you said saran wrap, I just I had the image of somebody like two people just twisting somebody in saran wrap, like uh, just before they see their parents, just like gave me a little little laugh. Sorry. All of a sudden, just turned and be like, I'm here. Yeah, oh, like, just, like, I'm here. Just, like wrapped, like their face is just completely wrapped. Anyways, but yep mask taped everything you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> no skin can touch anything yeah uh-huh. no no i i can't wait till this is done i'm sick of being like a security guard at work because that's how i feel like yeah security guard put your mask on mm. yes this far away no you guys can't talk each other oh yeah it's, um... but on it but honestly like they've all been tested if anything they're going to get it from us workers mm. it, if anything it's crazy like but it, again we try to be as ca- as cautious as we can yeah and it's, it's this is crazy how how like i guess this this whole um virus and um i guess how not 
how much sorry how much more deadly it could have been or it you know could be just to think of just like you know something that doesn't necessarily discriminate on like the weak and the and the elderly what if it just was like hit everybody the same way that's just Mm -hmm. just be really like scary it's like Mm eye-opening you know just to think that something could be like genuinely around the corner in the making right now we we don't even know because if this is a precursor of how as a society a global society we handle things like this like geez what's to say something serious happens like oh my god that would be crazy like just (sighs) well to think about like how lax we were before right because i guess just going to like going on the train and things and we saw you know other cultures predominantly asian cultures have masks and we would just look at them and just be like oh why do they have a mask on this is so awkward and now obviously like it's our everyday life and for them you know they were a little bit more used to like viruses and things like that and for us we're just so relaxed and laid back about things like that and coughing all over the place and sneezing and it's just whatever and now just to kind of think of it now i remember there was a time in in new york where we were like everybody was wearing gloves and like when you saw somebody and they weren't wearing gloves at the grocery store for me personally i was like oh my god i can't believe they're like not wearing gloves and touching things because at the time we had no idea really what this was in general and just kind of judging by that and you're right uh, to kind of think of that yeah like definitely like an eye-opening experience i i know that well it's kind of i guess like silver lining this whole thing was kind of like a good thing in a way because it really just kind of gave the world a wake-up call and just been like yo like next time like we, we got to be on our p's and q's like seriously because like i don't know like for me it like definitely this experience so if anything like not hopefully god forbid nothing happens like that but just to know like okay like kind of seen something similar obviously not similar but like we know kind of like let's how to act yeah let's all condense it let's we let's get this let's get that like you know well, kind of like round two is kind of happening. I know here a lot of places have um, been closed down this week, specifically today in New York. Um, I think there's, what, like 12 zip codes right now? And yeah. there's they're kind of on lockdown again. And so, of course, like with colder weather coming and, you know, what does that mean? And just trying to be safe. and That's the same crazy. happening in Illinois, specifically in the DeKalb area. Hmm. Uh, they had to close some... They had to do curfews and everything because in DeKalb, there's a famous university, Northern Illinois University. Mm. And so they think that the college kids bought it because they came from other states, Chicago, and just being college freshmen. Yeah. And I just, I guess when I heard that all the colleges, well, most colleges were going back, I just was so taken back and blown away because I was like, what? Like... I just remember being in college and being in these tiny quarters and having parties in like dorm rooms or like houses and it's just like you're you're together you're just kind of squished in there like sardines and so Mm -hmm. to think of it now even the classes you know and and universities I went to um an art school and it was a private one so maybe we only had like 20 to 30 people in lectures but then I see on movies or maybe it's just my preconception of it but in movies like there's like hundreds of people well, you don't just see it in movies you thing. see it in like YouTube like where huge That's parties true. are like just going on like I'm thinking like lectures you know like even in a lecture room like per class you have that oh, teacher down there like yeah yeah and like hundreds of kids in the oh. background that's what i was thinking too is just like mm-hmm. how big schools are and them sitting next to each other and just everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but definitely parties yeah kind of sucks like a friend just brought up too like um 
how um he was just like yo i feel bad for the kids like um that are going to college right now he's like yo i definitely like be so pissed i like to uh, be paying like full price for like going to school online like what the heck like hell no yeah and i'm like yo can you imagine like going to like brown or yale or just like an ivy league school mm -hmm. paying ridiculous amounts but just not being able to use the facilities at all like mm -hmm. i'd be so upset especially if like my whole family yeah like my whole family like like gave me this money to do it and they're so happy it's like wow i can't even experience that but that's where i feel like community college will, colleges are going to succeed a lot more right now it's affordable yeah and like you said earlier you know while we were talking like that's just i think for a lot of people you know they they want to go to that four-year college you know they're like oh i got accepted into this like let's go but it when you look back at it, you, you just need to get your basics. I don't know even if that's what it's called anymore, like basic, you know, or general, sorry. Gen, gen, your yeah. gen, gen eds. Yeah, you kind of need to get those credits. out of the way. I would go, I would recommend everybody, just like you said, to go to your community college first and then, you know, go to a specialized school. Mm -hmm. It's easier because even if you get your associates, you could transfer and yeah. go get your bachelor's. Yeah. Instead of like having like ten thousand dollars debt your first year second year and not yeah not even able to like stop your college career because say i'm going into nursing right now i can't stop because of the pandemic i have to finish my schooling yeah whether i like it or not right but i'm not in school so that's one less stress i don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah i was like like i was so happy i'm not in like 11th grade or like 12th grade like because i'd be like like i need to get out of here like just like kids you know you're a kid you just don't those rules like you break you're meant to like break them you want to break them regardless but like something like that you just can't but think about being behind a screen right now too like having a teacher right now try to teach me this way oh, there's no way. no way there's no way especially i feel like i was so hands-on like like you said nicole you needed somebody to kind of like go like read these questions to you and like go over it again and again and that that was me too like you had to sit next to me and like look like really help me with these things and i couldn't do it on the screen there's yeah especially on your phone all day like just looking back and forth and like it just makes no sense yeah with the cell phones nowadays all this like apps all these social media things I yeah would be like this too all distracting the time, so like, you know, right. But. We didn't have cliff notes back then. <laughs> Spark notes. Spark notes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> I can't imagine right now. But I'm just, yeah, I'm thankful that we're not in college or not in school. We're not, you know. But. Yeah, I'm thankful that, yeah, I'd be thankful that I got a job. <laughs> yeah. Working, even though with all my health issues, I'm healthy. So, yeah can't complain i've been very fortunate not coming again yeah. yeah that is good i'm glad i'm glad because it, it seems like you're like really going in the right dire direction you know you're really kind of like you're helping people they're helping you but like i feel like that's kind of you that your nature is to help people it's a it's a process i had to get i i, I lost track of that five and now i got it <laughs> I got that five back in the math problem. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to refer to that from now, from now on, Sam. I'm going to get that five back in, back in the math problem. <laughs> and people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Sam thing. <laughs> just a saying. You had to be yeah, there. Yeah, just saying. As he has numbers on his headphones. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just trying to be connecting, my, connecting my, the dots. Yeah. These numbers mean something. I don't 
we'll find out one day yeah one day one day but um but i guess like just going back maybe for like one last question too is how do you feel now just about being adopted I've always been proud of being adopted. I think I still have, like, issues about being adopted. Like, I I actually talked about this with my brother Joey today because he was just, like, asking the core, like, why? Why did you have the guts to, like, ask your birth mom the name? Like, what's the core? Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, really talking to him about it, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, it's just, like, good info to know just so I know it. Like, it just, it's just good. It doesn't define me, but it's good to know. As well as I think I also wanted to know because as a child, some, like, kids made fun of me. Like, oh, your parents didn't, did your parents not want you? No, kid. I mean, I am wanted. I I mean, I know this is going to sound horrible, but me and my brother joke around. We were bought. We were expensive. <laughs> That's such an interesting concept to think I, I about I joke, sometimes. I joke, me, me and my brother joke. I know this sounds horrible, but me and my brother just joke around. Just be, be like, oh, you know, like I was a month like restaurant gourmet and my brother was a fast food because he just picked them up on the weekend. Oh, but but my brother says no. They knew what they wanted, and that's what they got before it was taken. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, good comeback. That's funny. That but is. see, we, we make it as a joke. Like I mean, because people will say kids will, kids say cruel things, and I feel like they don't even know what they're saying. You know, for the most part, and maybe maybe they do. Maybe they do want to be bullies about it. But yeah, it's it's it is. It is a kind of a cruel world world out there, and I'm glad that you had Joey to kind of, like, lift your spirits, whether or not, you know, you're joking about it or you're able to have a serious talk about it. Yeah, I am fortunate to have. I'm very fortunate to have Joey. I'm very fortunate. And many adoptee friends. That helps, too, a lot, because because a lot of you understand what I'm going through, that other people just can't even though they want to but they just can't yeah and just to have that community around it really helps yeah mm-hmm. and also it's just important to know that you know we're not we're still on the journey you know we're not finished there's yeah. still a lot to um make sense of even though it's you know point blank sometimes you can say it in one sentence you know like i'm adopted but that that sentence has just so much you know it, it just echoes and it will always kind of like echo throughout your life it'll always be a part of you and at certain stages of your life, you'll take it differently and you'll digest it differently. And, you know, but I think that's the moral too. It's just like, you know, we're not, we're not finished. Yeah. There's like so much yeah. to uncover. Yeah. Just so much more potential. I kind of like that, like an unfinished sentence. It is. You're on the ball, Sam. Yeah. yeah appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> just, uh. Yeah, we're still learning. We're still learning ourselves. And I think that goes like with a lot of adoptees, at least when I grew up, it's like, you know, when your kid, you're like, oh, you get this from your mom, you got your eyes from your like dad, and oh, you have this characteristic from them. And I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know if it works that way, but nature versus nurture. 
Yeah, but, no, yes, we I, talk about that a lot, like nature versus yeah. nurture. Yes, mm-hmm. I truly believe nature versus nurture, and I think a lot of, I mean, at least for me being adoptee, it's it's something that I really try to value on what is my nature and core and everything, and what was I nurtured and raised to be. Mm-hmm. And going through helped me find those origins and researching. And I mean, Megan, you helped me research like so much and made me want to research even more mm-hmm. than I originally was. Like, I just knew the generic stuff, mm-hmm. but you, you educated me more specifically. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like, by nature, I just like to, to dig and just, I don't know, maybe some might call it nosy. But I think that, yeah, I just, I feel like there's always, there's always questions that can be answered. Well, I value that in you. I mean, you, you like to dig into that and it's beautiful. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> always be aware of what you might find. Yeah. You know, it's, uh. Yeah, I feel like Sam's kind of the other, always on the other side of that is like, <clears throat> you can dig, you can dig, but just remember that. Just be aware. Yeah. What you might find. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know where, why I'm that, like that, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I view it as respect, just being mindful of things and to know when not to and when to disturb yeah. or ruffle things to certain extent. But yeah, like I said, like I'm more on one side per se and like my side, obviously I lose the benefit of finding potential things that I might you know, want to know or, or like to know that I don't know because I don't. But sometimes I feel like that ask. might be fear too. And I think it just, but I, I could be wrong completely. But for me, I guess I'd rather just know and have to deal with it all now instead of like find out later and just be like, wish I knew where, I don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, what's that saying? Something is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I stand by that. <laughs> I support that message. Not <laughs> But, um, no, but it that that you know it's it's definitely something to be said about that you know something that you know uh, what you don't know just doesn't affect you and you know in 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 a world where you know things are always constantly beating you down it's like do you really want to subject yourself to other things even though you very well might know that that might be the truth you know and I'm kind of like on the opposite on side that? of that where do you stand on that yeah I mean. Because I, I feel yeah, like no, I, I actually kind of lean towards you more, actually, Sam, because like getting the information today of the name of my birth father. I mean, I don't know if that's his actual name, but I mean, I don't know if I'll really open that jar yet, Pandora's box yet, and like hire a lawyer or anything, find if they have kids or if he had other kids. Right. I don't know. Because again, they're strangers to me, yeah. and it doesn't and it doesn't define me because I'm still me. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. I guess it's also it's good because you have more of a like a positive mindset too. So maybe somebody who didn't and just found out that their dad died, maybe that would have opened up an entire new you know vault. But oh in- yeah, it brought up a, like a lot of questions. Like in me, I was also like hurt because I wanted to like at least ask him like, did you even know I was alive? Mm. Did you even know? Did did you even think of me? Did like what exactly happened? Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever get those answers or for him to even see 
what my potential has become yeah. so far. And I'm not able to even show that to him. And But maybe he's looking down on you and he gets to see that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I hope so. I mean, my birth mom said it like 10 years ago that apparently I look like him. So must be a good looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always, I always like think like that too. Is I think that, you know, we're we're always we're here for a reason, right? And like, for them to give us up is was like this giant moment. But I always think too, like for people who have you know parents who passed away, the the, the charger just died or the phone. He's looking for the charger. No worries. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I say the same thing to Sam too because of his mom is not here and. One of those big, huge accomplishments, I always, like, remind him, like, she's looking down, whether or not, you know, sometimes he might not be thinking about that, too, or when he gets in a really rough spot, um, just, like, I know she's going to help, I know she's going to, you know, somehow be there for you. It's not, but, I mean, I can't, it's hard for me because I can't, it's not something I can relate to, you know, necessarily, but. Well, what I do, well, I've actually started it this year, like, journaling, but, you know, you never know how to, like, really start journaling. I'm on the, oh my gosh, I'm I'm a writer, but I really don't know, didn't know how to start. Um, Because I did write a short story, but still, it still was difficult. And finally, I figured out a way that I actually write to my residents that deceased Mm. or like people that passed away and be like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, Leela. It was your husband Bob's birthday. Mm. And I said happy birthday, and I made sure he had it special for him, and oh. reminded him of all the good times because it was his first year birthday without her. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you as far as like journaling. I feel like when I was younger, I used to journal all the time, and now I feel like I need to start again. But I'm just don't know. I don't know how to start again. I'm just like, how do I? I don't know. I I I I, I write to mine <laughs> right right to my angels <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're all good yeah just uh starting out some technical difficulties <laughs> we have so many like things plugged in mm-hmm. so we're just trying to oh nice i see yeah what, what we're plugging in and what we're taking out but that's fine but um we were just talking about like journaling and writing things down and and I was saying how I'm I usually write to residents that usually deceased and I think I actually might write to my birth dad if he's deceased or not I mean I'm, I'm assuming he is and I'll probably write and be like you know what today I learned that you passed away I'm sorry I was not there and just couldn't be there the way I would have liked to or had the chance to so yeah but it's it's one way to cope with it. Yeah, it'll hit. It'll help me one day. I mean, right now today, it's not quite hitting me because I'm still in that shock that yeah. she even said his name, and even I asked her to spell it out. Wow. So. Did you try looking yeah. him up on Facebook? No, not yet. I tried Google first, but I I want a middle name. I only have first and last, and it's so generic. <laughs> what is it? Uh, his his apparent name is Juan Rodriguez. Okay. 
Yeah, a little generic there. It's kind of hard, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit generic. And I and you know, like in Peru, they might not even like put files up of about that like online or anything. Right. Yeah, you'd probably have to trace back like family members or something if if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you even want to, too, it's not like you you have to. But I think that's yeah, that is a good idea to maybe write write it down and kind of write out your feelings. I think that's honestly why I haven't really written down some like my daily thoughts, are because I feel like it opens up another kind of wormhole in a good way. But I'm just like I don't have necessarily time to deal with this feeling. But I think that that would probably help. <laughs> mm, I I maybe write it and. I think I've only wrote in my journal twice and I've had it for a month or so. But I do write like little things on my phone whenever a resident says something positive to me. So then I have something to look back on to look back on that positivity. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Because we always, technology is always with us. We always have our phones. That's true. I can't necessarily carry a journal (laughs) with a pen and everything. That is true. I feel like I'd, I'd be more of like a, a phone phone memo kind of guy. <laughs> Today's uh, March seventeenth, twenty twenty, and um, just like I'm the doctors, feeling confused right now. I <laughs> uh, don't understand why I uh, can't find uh, something I missed specifically put uh, two days ago, and I'm not sure who took it. I asked somebody about you know, like, it's like um, anyway, signing out. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting that Megan Tunnel vision right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a common theme right now. Uh, But that's why I feel like I'm very, um, very sensitive to having things put back in like the right way too. Just like I literally just got like an organizer for my socks because I'm just kind of like, if I put them there, I know that they're going to be there. And that's kind of, I don't know, maybe that's my way to like de-stress in my head somehow is to just make sure everything's in its spot. Because then when it's not, I get like, all frustrated that's me at work everything has to be in order at home not so much (laughs) but 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 writing in the journal is very hard for me because I'm such a perfectionist and with writing previously a short story that did get published um about my illnesses Ooh, um, I'd love to read it I think oh I think you might have actually might have probably really you should send it back to me because my memory is it's called uh Behind the clouds, there's always the sun. So it's about my physical illnesses. And then I want to make a second short one about um, mental issues that I've had. Oh. Wow. Wait. I'll, I will definitely send it. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I got published at uh, Northern Illinois University because one of my teachers believed in me, even though, like, he saw me struggling because of my health he's like no this is worthy of an award so i'm like if you say so (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay like if you say so he's like no go to this go to this tutor get it edited and i'm like fine wow so you can like you can is it like you can buy it Uh, i don't i think you can Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's sold really specifically anywhere I actually even had the book like actually right over there. Oh, <laughs> so you got it made it into a book, an actual book. It yeah. wasn't just like, oh. Can you hold on one minute? Yeah, I'll yeah I want to see you. it. Hold on yeah. just one minute. All right. So this is the actual book, Contemporary Voices. 
Wow. Right uh, here. And then you can see my name as oh, an author wow. right there. That's okay, awesome. so yeah, you can buy the book then, probably. Yeah, you'll have to look for it. Um, uh, I'm going to put that link up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, and then oh. there we go. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. So it's... When you, like, were, when you were writing it, you know, what were you thinking about? Just kind of putting all of your feelings and everything kind of down on paper? I wanted to explain people what I go through because it's what I go through is invisible. Yeah. None of them can really see what I go through every day. They don't see that. Like, I, like for instance, I still can't wear, in a way, jeans and during the winter because it feels like sandpaper on my legs. Oh, my gosh. So for a long time, because I was semi-paralyzed, I had to use different types of cloths to retrain my sensors in my legs. But jeans was always the hardest, especially if cold, because it was rough mm-hmm. and it would just feel like sandpaper. So I actually don't wear, really wear jeans that much because of that. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't feel like, like um, I could tell when it's going to rain. Like you hear that, like with elderly, oh, it's going to rain. I feel it in my joints. And I'm like, yeah, I feel it in my shoulders. In my, <laughs> I, I feel uh, it in my muscles. And uh, like in the book, I was explaining how it's like having glass of bloodstream. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Moms. And going through uh, muscle tension and how basically I had to walk, like crawl, because one one time I did have to actually crawl one time because my pain was so bad and nobody was around. And one of my friends had to actually carry me because at NIU, at the university, we had a fire drill and he was this tall tall built football player guy carrying me because it was winter and they told us no you gotta leave the dorms you gotta leave now and i'm like i I gotta grab a coat or something we're going in in the cold my nerves are going to inflame i am going to be in terrible pain Mm -hmm. so my friend he carried me and then brought me to his dorm and until the fire alarm was off and then they brought me back and i guess i kind of like I can't remember if I passed out or not, but in the book I said I, I did, but I can't remember if I actually did. Uh-huh. And it's just they don't, people don't see invisible illness as much, and it's not as aware. Well, it's becoming more aware, but. Yeah, I feel like um, more recently I've heard a lot more about autoimmune disease, but back when, I mean, when you started, it was like, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, and I wrote this book like 10 years ago. <clears throat> Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I like about 10 years ago. This was this was this was published in 2011. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, almost almost 10 years. Almost. Wow, time flies. Yeah, sometimes it gets so weird, not weirded out, but a little weirded out about like how long we've all known each other. Like it's like 16 or 17 years. Jeez. <laughs> We're so old. I know. <laughs> like I've known you guys half my whole life. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It has been, and I yeah, love and I love every minute of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, wait, I don't even. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely send you that. Yeah, definitely. 
probably see if there's there's a link or something. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably we'll find it somewhere. We'll uh, anything I'll find is anything I'll make a link or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, scan it or something. Yeah. Put in like some Google <laughs> Docs. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that actually. Yeah. Yeah, but. But I feel like that's that's a good segue. Yeah. Like ending on like love and how long we've all known each other and just like reminiscing on facebook and zenga and like uh, everything that we've kind of all adoption yeah everything <laughs> i forgot about that Even, right <laughs> yeah right and we shared music too a lot of like i like i still listen like sam you showed me lost profits <laughs> megan oh, yeah. megan you, you you showed me atmosphere oh my gosh that is so funny <laughs> i still That's play funny. those and i think of you too oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's funny how songs um to carry a specific you know aura of Mm -hmm. whatever you know time in your life that you were really into it Mm -hmm. and i still can't i mean i don't know if you have megan but i still can't listen to that song wake me up till september ends yeah i haven't listened to that for years sometimes i I, like when i see like stupid memes about like september ending i'm just like haha but then i'm just like (laughs) wake me up when september ends they they have a picture of uh, the lead vocalist of green day just sleeping yeah it's like yo we gotta wake up now (laughs) (laughs) ah memes i i enjoy them i'm happy that they came (laughs) they came around we should just do a whole episode on memes yeah no really we should i bet you there's adoption memes probably let me let me jot that down. <laughs> jot that down. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Thank you for taking out like, let's see, we're at we're at two hours. <laughs> wow. Taking out like oh. a chunk of your life to talk to us. Yeah, I really appreciate oh, that. Anytime, I like talking to you guys. Great yeah. podcast, Supe.life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get the shirt yes thank you meeting over there represent (laughs) nice nice appreciate that yeah what it was great catching up and we will talk to you soon yeah yes thank you yeah you're welcome